Hello, welcome to You Haven't Blanked That. I'm Forrest. And this is Jimmy. Today we are going to talk about a documentary I love, but I think there's been better ones that's come out since then, um, about The Clash, the only band that matters. Way, what's it, what's it called? West Way to the World. West Way to the World. I'm probably, out of all my friends, the biggest Clash fan that they know. That is very true. I lost all my Clash CDs and went and bought all my went and bought them all over again. <laughs> And I'm not really political. Like, I, do, do, but I love the Clash, which is political as the Clash are. Oh, way more, which I found out through this documentary how political they are. But I love the Clash, and I yeah. love their songs. I mean, it's just all the music's great. I mean, this is what's opened me up to a bunch of different genres, anyway. And we'll get to there when we do. You want to go by album? I mean, I don't know how you want to do this, or just kind of. Well, let's just, let me just quickly mention. I thought this documentary was a lot older than it was. I thought it was made in, like, maybe the 80s. The copy that I have isn't that great. But so. this says it was made in the 2000s. Like, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was made right before Joe died. Okay. Also, what pisses me off about this whole thing, too, is that, like, this movie doesn't talk about the entirety of The Clash. What do you mean? It, it stops, like, at 80. Oh, you're upset that they stop at to cut the crap. Yeah, they just kind of, But like, they don't... They, they, I, don't think, I don't think them as a band consider that a Clash album. Have you, ever, have you ever listened to Cut the Crap? A couple of songs. You heard This Is England, and that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. That's about all you really need to listen to after that. I mean, the only people left in the band at that point were Joe and Paul. Um, Topper had quit, because Topper was on heroin. Mick um, was kicked out. Joe kicked Mick out of the band. They got, Wait, like, why did he kick him out of the band? I think it's because they felt like they didn't like the direction, didn't like the direction they were going in. You've heard Big Audio. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a way different. Well, a, lot of, well, a lot of these albums that you're mentioning, I don't know them... By the album, I know songs... Off of them. Off of that. Well, Big Audio Dynamite's the band right after The Clash that Mick, that Mick was started. What's weird is, like, eventually, Joe Strummer's on a Big Audio Dynamite, Dynamite album. That song, I Turned Out a Punk, that they did, Joe's on that okay. song. Joe, at that point, was doing solo stuff, and he was doing starting to do um, movie scores, because he has a bunch of movie scores for Alex Cox. Like, I think he does the score for Sid and Nancy. Okay. Um, I think he does the score, or some of the score for Straight to Hell. Oh, the, the Western. Movie? Yeah, oh, he okay. does a lot of the music in the Western and Straight to Hell. This documentary, though, like, it was cool to watch. It's super short. Like, it was really short. I forgot how short it was. I always feel like it's, you know, because I, mean, I, I feel like there's a lot more they could have put in, too. I, yeah, but what I liked is that they put in all that, all that footage as they're going around, like, playing, like, the when they're in the studio singing certain songs, like, they showed, like, little blips of it. But I feel like everything that they showed was very quick and just, like, they were just throwing so much at you that, like, you really didn't get to see everything. Yeah. But I did like that whole thing where, uh, I forget who said it, I think it was Paul that said it. He went to art school because he figured that's the way he started a band. I, I love the opening that they used Charlie Don't Surf. Did you ever listen to the 101ers? 
It's uh, the band that that Joe was in before he started the, before he was in the Clash with Mickey you know, and Paul. I want to say I've heard a song because you, I know I, for a fact you played. I'm sure I've played it for yeah, you at least once, but I, I can't remember. There's another podcast I'm listening to. It's actually about the Clash that Spotify puts out right now. And it's supposed to be like, they're doing like one episode a week, so they're about halfway through it right now. If you watch this, go listen to that podcast. It's called um, Stay Free. Malcolm left, and he Bernie Rose was trying to get the Sex Pistols together, and then Malcolm came back in and was like, nope, this is my shit, and kind of kicked them out. So then he got the Clash together. You've heard a song reference Bernie Rhodes before. No. You have? No. Gangsters. Bernie Rhodes, Guns Don't Argue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. hey! And that's a take on Al Capone, Guns Don't Argue. He wanted to get the specials also, and the specials were like, nope. Like when you talk about The Clash, people always refer to it like as punk. And like I get it, but I don't think The Clash... They're very more disco-y than I think punk. About like, partway through, they do. They get way more... Or when you get to Santanista, like, that's where they're just like, let's go fucking crazy and just yeah, play yeah. whatever. That was the album that kind of got me to yeah. more stuff. Because I didn't know they were so political until they got to the... When they were talking about White Riot in the documentary, yeah. they were saying that, you know, like, it was a black situation. Yeah. It was a heavily black thing. And the fact that they were, like, they were the only white guys there, it was, like, now... Have you ever riot. watched Rude Boy? Did I ever let you borrow Rude Boy? Rude Boy. It's a movie that they did about that whole about that whole time, and the Clash are all over the movie. Like, this guy makes this movie, and he just kind of has the Clash there as, like, a character. No. They're, they're at all those, all those riots and protests that you see, uh. and it's just shitty National Front people just going off on how they don't like black people. Yeah. And it's horrible. And I forgot all that stuff at the beginning and the, and the kids start walking in and I'm like, nope, nope, let's change this. <laughs> so I, I got this buddy I talked to online and he was watching Black Klansman. Okay. And he was talking about like, yeah, you know, I'm watching this. He, he put it out and I haven't watched it yet. I saw a little bit of it because I was trying to fall asleep. Not that I think it's boring. Let me explain. I knew if there's a movie that I wanted to watch and I couldn't fall asleep... I just put on the movie that I wanted to watch because I knew I'd fall asleep because that's how it works at all at any time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this to be the movie that I'm using that for, but this is the movie I'm using that for. And he was talking about watching it and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really want to watch it in front of my kids because I don't want them to learn like all that horrible language. Like, They're going to get there eventually. And you, I don't you don't think, need to help them. But they, I don't need to help them with that. I'll, you yeah. know, when I, I'll, I'll determine when it's a good time and six and seven is not a good time. Yeah. Well, you know, my kids, he's like, my kids are a little older, and he, he's a black guy, and he's like, well, my kids are a little older, and I'm, you know, I, I showed him that. And I'm like, um, my son's autistic, and he tends to repeat things. <laughs> and, oh, my God, could you and, imagine? Yeah, and so I'm just like, I don't, and he and he kind of laughed at it at first, and I think he took it back because he think I was going to get upset. And I'm like, oh, no, I know how my child is. He repeats things, and <laughs> yeah. so I don't need him to repeat horrible words that he hears on TV. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of the same thing with this movie. I'm like, some of the scenes of them playing music is from Rude Boy. Quick question for us. Yeah. Like, let's... I know The Clash is your favorite band. I, what song was the first song? Why was it... Did it hit was, you right away, or did... No, it didn't. Here's why. Because ever since I, I've known you, like... Here, well, here's the thing is I about. found London Calling in high school. But before that, my mom liked The Clash, but uh -huh. she likes radio... that The song Radio Clash, but... Clash that was on the radio. Okay. So what's you you only hear two songs from the Clash on the radio? Uh, Rock the Casbah and Should I Say or Should I Go? Yeah. They aren't bad songs. Not my favorite Clash songs, but they're they good. Bad yeah. But I was also there was this point where I was eleven or twelve, and you're like, yeah, fuck you, mom. I don't want to listen to your shit. Oh, I'm gonna tell you mom said that. <laughs> I told it to her. I got to this point where I was like, oh, I don't think I like this band that much. And then I heard London Calling. The and song London Calling was. I it? think it was. What did I? I'm trying. To, I think did it you was, buy the album? Did you like how like? 
How did I get into it? I bought it. I got it for my birthday at one point. Okay. Who gave it to you? I had birthday money and I went and bought it. Okay. Why'd you buy it? Yeah. I, all the bands that I like, all the bands I liked, they, okay. whatever I, they were interviewed. And I think the big one was Social Distortion because I was a huge Social Distortion fan at that point. Yeah. And they kept blowing up The Clash and blowing up London Calling. Okay. Okay. That, that's how I've discovered older bands. The bands that I like, what I go back. Them? I go back. And then it, what happens is I like The Clash. What influenced the Clash? And I go back, and that's why my music taste goes so far back. Uh, is that I just that keep going so much, and I yeah, just yeah. keep going, and I just keep digging. Like if oh, this is the, the Clash covered this band. Okay, let's go listen to this fucking band. Well, it's so much because when I ask, when I tell you like, hey, I like this band, you're like, oh, then for sure you'll love this band and this band. That's how you know. Okay, I go backwards. Yeah, everybody's yeah. like, why don't you listen to anything new? Because every time I go backwards, I find something better. Yeah, From yeah. Social Distortion, I found the Clash. Okay. From the Clash, I found the reggae and the skinhead reggae and stuff like. What song out of London Calling was like the one for you? Climb Down's probably yeah, my favorite yeah, yeah, song yeah. off that album. It's such just such a well put together song, and it's kind of their world, one of their World War Two songs. But see, there's so many good songs on that album because Spanish Bombs is on that album too. I love that song. That's a good song, and there's like Rudy's on that album. Wow, that is a solid album too. Oh my god! I mean, the first song on that album is London Calling. But here's what's sad about that song is that they didn't start playing that song on the radio until Joe died. Because I remember going to no. your room in like high school and seeing that you drew the oh, fashion the, yeah, of, the, yeah. of the bass. Yeah. And, like, it came out so good. That's where I was like, oh shit, for it. you could actually draw. I haven't done it, that in years. Like, at least, I think since around that time. That was a really good drawing. Like, it was one of like, I'm kind of bummed you don't have it anymore. Cause it's I a, don't know what happened. Unless my mom like has it. The Actually, the other one that did it though was actually Ryan Webb's house. Now that I think about it. Because Ryan Webb... His dad was in the new wave in uh-huh. punk too. I heard Devo, Are We Not Men? We Are Devo okay. from that house, at that I house. I love that. Um, but they had Story of the Clash, okay. which is a great compilation. They're not in order. Like It's a really weird order for the, for the Clash albums. I'm going to find it, the order for that and, and throw it on a playlist for you. Okay. But Story of the Clash is like a, that's a really interesting like order to put those in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the best of It's like a two-disc best of. So yeah, that would be the first one that I probably listen to now that I think about it. It's kind of like a mix of everything. Ryan was still around. He moved to a different part of Fullerton when we were in, like, I think freshman year. And I think I found more that way, too. I think that's what that helped as well. But I don't remember specifically what song. Because I remember being, like, 22 or so, going to Long Beach, and, like, I had a friend who, like, had an apartment building in the middle of downtown, being bored with music. You left a CD in my car, and it was a Clash CD, and I'm like, you're like, okay, well... Was it like a mix I made, or was it... It was just... a random mix you made. Okay. So I'm like, okay, cool, pop that on. That thing never came out of my CD player for like four or five months. Yeah. Because I constantly kept playing it. The songs were super good. That's why like, I got way into the Clash too, like way later than you. Yeah. But it was perfect, because by that time you were already done, like, you know, you evolved musically. You were still a fan, but you were yeah. like everywhere else. Well, and, like, you... I got more music out of you that way, because I'm like... I like this song. I like, and you're like, oh, if you like that song, you would love this band because they sound more like that. They also released an album called Revolution Rock. And what it was, it was all those songs. It was what influenced them. So Ramones are on this album. Why that old reggae, you know, Toots and the Mytals. All this stuff is on this album. You had Bobby Fuller for you. I got the original Life Out the Law. I got Brand New Cadillac. A lot of the songs that they covered off that, the covers that they did, Uh they had on there. Side note, when I went and put CDs in Lisa's car, that's one of the ones I put in there. And the kids like that album. Oh, really? But the funny part about it is Emily singing Police and Thieves. <laughs> like, Emily, and I'm not even kidding you, knows the words to Police and Thieves. Is she really? Yeah. That's so cute. That's awesome. <laughs> and she, like, asked for it by name, but it's really funny. And it's such an upbeat song, too. Not 
not the Clash version. She knows the original version. Oh, the original, okay. I had the original version on that album. I listened to it because it was all old music. It was started at the Ramones because she likes the Ramones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Ramones song was like four songs into it. And then it would be, you know, Police and Thieves and Toots and the My Talls. The, another thing about the Clash, I knew the members, and that's as far as I am aware of the band. Mm-hmm. This was like a great, like, kind of like a who they were. Because I assumed, like, I assumed they never, like, focused on their style of who they were. I mean, I just feel like I'm, that's what they dressed and that's what they went out and that's the end of the story. Yeah. Because that's how most all punk bands are. Like, this is what I woke up in, this is what I'm singing in, fuck you if you don't like it. The documentary just, like, it really went off on, like, them branding their own, like, look, which was so weird, especially for, like, the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Like, it was because there, Mick was the one who had that black shirt and in the documentary, he had paint and he was, like, painting, like, stripes and stuff on it or just yeah. putting paint on it to make it look grungy. And they had stencils in the back of the theater so they wrote the lyrics yeah. on the back of the jackets. At the time where there was no silk screening, they made their shirts. And yeah. And just... Did you did you like how they talked about some of the songs on the first album? Because I felt this was really for the, the 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 documentary is a little more first album heavy than I would like it to be. I love the first album. Don't yeah. get me wrong; that's one of my favorite punk albums. Yeah. Did you like some of the meanings behind the songs and how they evolved? Like, I'm so bored with the USA. Yeah, that was so great because it was like it's not about USA. It's just like he's so bored with his girlfriend, and, and he's like, no, 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 no. It. And then <laughs> it works better this way. Yeah. <laughs> and where they're writing on the on the wall with the ice cream. Oh uh, yeah, where yeah, they're yeah, writing yeah. on the on the restaurant with the ice cream with the McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. 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 Watching this documentary made me realize when I think of like punk bands, mm-hmm. I picture more like Sex Pistols, and none of them knew how to play their fucking instruments. You know what I mean? They all just kind of just like went up there, sang loud, and just were done, and that was it. Yeah. This was a band who knew the ins and outs of being a band. Well, that's the thing they don't do because because Paul didn't know how to play the bass. No. Well, the thing is, like, they didn't, but they knew what they needed to show the audience. To make it a look. But I did find it hilarious that at one of their gigs, they were quoted as, The Clash is the garage band that belongs, that should quickly be swept back into the garage with the motor left running. And that's why they wrote Garage Land. Yeah. The documentary is great because it shows you they thought really strongly about the image they wanted to project of, like, the band itself. They weren't there yet. Whether they could play their instruments or not, they were on their way. I just always saw, like, most Punk bands didn't see it, and they just happened to be good. That it just happened to take off for them. Yeah, you could see the struggle to like get their footing right, and just they ran with it. The documentary made me mad because it kind of cuts off, or well, because I know the band still kind of continues with the last album. I mean, if you're gonna make a documentary, cover everything about it. I don't know if it's because they didn't have all this stuff at the time or what was going on. You know, if they just didn't have if that's all the, the rights stuff. for it or No, I don't think they, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's the right, if it was a rights thing or what. But because... do you know what I mean? Because if you're going to make a documentary because I figured it was made earlier, like way earlier so I figured that's why it's not all no, that. No, it's 2001. Whatever. But yeah, since 2000 was, okay, well you knew where the band ended. Like this, this should have been especially when you have everybody Doing their interviews? Like, it should have... One of the things that I thought was really funny is that even Joe Strummer knows there's too many songs on Santanista. <laughs> I do like that drummer. Um, Topper was like, he goes, yeah, so I lied when I like, auditioned and told him I played for The Temptations. Yeah. <laughs> he obviously did, did it. I don't know if it's on... I don't know if it's in this documentary. I think it's on something else I have. But all of Topper's drumsticks had written on them Topper's boppers. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Here's one of the things that they always they brought up is that they felt like the song Bank Robber sounded like a Bowie song. Um, but Wait, I, does it? I, I don't think it does. Yeah, I don't think like, it does. Like someone said, it I love like Bowie. A, you know, yeah, I know we both love Bowie, 
But like, I don't know what song it sounds like. What what I I had never figured that out. Like I, I've read that before. That that um the record company didn't like the song Bank Robber because they thought it sounded like a Bowie song. But I'm like, what fucking Bowie song does but it you sound know, like? Bowie's been make, Bowie's been making songs since like. So would that been okay? So then let's see the fifties. Okay, so then what era Bowie would that have been at that point? That I don't know. Been, That's what I'm trying because to think. if it was because he did very kind of like doo-woppy songs. I mean, unless it would have been like low era David Bowie, but that doesn't even sound like low era David Bowie no. to me. Like, like the, the was it the King of Suburbia stuff? Maybe? Okay, yeah, but that's way well, that's yeah. like twenty years after the Clash. I think they kind of said it as like a joke, like, oh, this is how stupid the fucking record company was that they thought Bank Robber sounded like a fucking David Bowie. Did you know any of the Clash on Broadway stuff when they played for Sixteen Days Straight? You like no, nobody knew that. Did they talk um, Grandmaster Flash on this about how the people were booing Grandmaster Flash and Joe Strummer came out and yelled at everybody? No. They had Grandmaster Flash no. opened for The Clash uh, no. when they when they played the Broadway shows. Is that and why you started listening to Grandmaster Flash later on? One of the reasons why I got okay. on Grandmaster Flash. They were opening and they were getting booed off stage. Wow. Because it's all punk kids. Oh, yeah. So Joe Strummer came out and goes, no, this is good music. Like, I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. Like, this is great. We we chose them. We they, they didn't. We, we asked them to play for us. I mean, this is also the same band, though, that had Bo Diddley open for them. They don't talk about that in this... You picked this documentary, so I figured this is going to be the, the perfect Clash documentary. At the time, I mean, this and it, is and really I mean, it was only, good. It was cool because I got really to see a lot of like the the band I didn't know about. Yeah. I got to see them interviewing each other about it, and especially that Joe died like shortly after this documentary. So I figured like it was super short. It was cool seeing like the clips that they showed. I think the clip of them in the studio was maybe five seconds long. It would have been cool to see a, like a longer version of that. Like when they're talking about the photographer, the entire time I was just thinking like, dude, she was just so like, drugged out fucking everybody. Yeah. I like how she took a picture of like everything and she almost didn't use the picture for the cover. Like, cause she said it was too blurry and like had, had other photos that she liked better. On uh, that podcast, it's an eight part podcast documentary on The Clash, hosted by Chuck D. A lot of the gaps that you're, like, asking about. The film was combined from old footage from the band's personal collection, filmed in 1982. But, I mean, it was a good documentary. I liked it. It was cool to see a band that was way more mature for their audience. Kind of just Well, they're one of the few bands that that their sound matured. Most people, when I talk about The Clash, they're just like, yeah, but they have no reference to, like, the songs... Like, they don't know that how political this band is. They just know well, Rock the Casbah. And they're like, oh, but Rock the Casbah is a fucking political song. Yeah. Like, if you listen to listen to the lyrics, it's it's all politics on that yeah, song. Yeah, but if you ask anybody, they have no idea. They just think it's just a poppy, like, yeah. whatever song. I know at one point Joe was singing for the Pogues because Shane McGowan was so fucked up that he couldn't sing anymore. He, just, you know, he, said he had the Mescaleros at the end. Which, did you ever hear of the Mescaleros? Yeah. I, I regret never seeing I didn't know he played Clash stuff. I got. I had this weird thing when I was younger that a lot of... And I think probably it probably stems from like the whole Smiths-Morrissey thing. That I never knew Joe Strummer still played Clash songs live. Oh, like, like, it never yeah, occurred yeah. to me like, oh, yeah, he would still play those songs. Yeah. So I never got to see him play those songs. Yeah. Like, I never got to see the Mescaleros. I remember... Um, do you remember that sub we used to have, Mr. Christensen? Yes. Young is. Mr. Christensen, not the older one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended up teaching over at Emory, our elementary school. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. He ended up teaching over there, so I would see him, because I used to talk to him in class, because he would always ask me about punk stuff, because I was always wearing my class shirts in school. Yeah. We were always talking, he goes, yeah, he's the one who told me, yeah, he still plays those songs, like, why wouldn't he play the Clash songs? And because he got in to see him, he was like, yeah, dude, yeah. I've seen the Mescaleros, they put on a good show, and I'm like, oh, do they still play Clash songs? And he goes, yeah, why wouldn't he... 
Play Clash songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe died shortly after that. As much as I've told you on the Saturday Night Live nerd, the, the only clip I've seen of them playing on Saturday Night Live is that little clip at the show at the end of this movie. But is there more... Is there a more comprehensive? Yeah. That's what this audio say. one, like I said, has is, is been more comprehensive than anything I've heard. Okay. There's the that Joe Strummer one, that long-ass four-hour one. I love Joe, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I can't sit and watch a four-hour Clash documentary. I wouldn't put Lisa through that. Technically, that's what you're listening to, though, via that other podcast. Oh, okay. It does a real good job of, of talking about everybody, about talking the band as a whole, each member. I mean, they, uh, it brings everybody in, it talks about what everybody's doing. And they cut it in really good places. They actually spend time on the second album. I will say some of their albums have flaws on them. Like, they're not perfect albums. I love the energy in the song. Have you ever tried to get through Sandinista from beginning to end? No. Oh, try. Oh, really? It's hard. Yeah, no. It's okay. so hard. I, uh, I do it every once in a while just to see how far I can get. I do like at the end, though, that he was, you know what? I, I kicked him out. This is what I fucking did. And he's just, it's like 20 years later. He's like, he just fucking owns up the, to yeah, it. Yeah, he does. The drug use. Like, yeah. where most bands kind of shy away from it. It's like, oh, that was a different time. Of blah. No, they're, they're very like, like yeah. He well, was, Topper. He was all fucked up on her. They, they, Topper was the only one that was really using. Like, Joe and Mick, they probably drank, but I don't think they... I bet you they smoked some pot, too, but I don't think they were doing anything heavy. Like, I don't think they were doing coke. Like, hard H. Did you ever see the Filth and the Fury, the Sex Pistols one? I think so. Uh, where you see them and they're kind of silhouetted? Yeah. yeah Johnny yeah. Runton cries at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, I... I I like that documentary also, and I think it's Don Letts as well. I think he did both of these. Okay. I, I, I might be wrong in that. And they were working on getting back together when Joe Strummer died. Didn't they he were. Die of? He had a heart attack. He was 50. Had a heart attack. Wow, that's so young. Together. Wait, when did he die? It was like 2001, 2002? No, it was 2003. Here's how I know. My, my dad's a huge Beatles fan. When John Lennon got shot, he was out Christmas shopping with my mom. And that's how he found out that John Lennon died. Ooh. He was out, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was out Christmas shopping with Crazy Deaf Sarah, I found out Joe Strummer died of a heart attack. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's an interesting parallel there. Yeah. When I played music, for as much as Edgar wanted to be sublime, I totally wanted us to be The Clash. When you were in that band, I, I, I felt like it was a good like running start to your music, and mm-hmm. like you guys sounded so good. Do you know about the April Fool's joke they used to do all the time with The Clash? No. Is this like the French thing where they put... A fish on someone's back? No. No. Um, on Is the, there a uh, guppy? No. <laughs> Go ahead. A lot of the punk websites would talk about how the Clash are getting back together with Tim Armstrong singing. And they would uh. wait to see people get all pissed off about it. <laughs> they just made me mad. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's... Dumb. That's dumb. Well, Paul, the, thing, the one thing I learned, um, I don't think I learned it on that podcast yet. I think I read it somewhere else. Is that Paul wasn't going to play with them if they got back together. Because Joe was like, if you don't want to do it, I got somebody else. Mick Topper and I want to get back together. And yeah. he was like, I don't want to do it. So they were going to get a different bass player. Oh, wow. Which would have been weird for me because I think that'd be one of the things I'd want to see. I mean, I would go. I would have gone every fucking night they were playing. Right. That I can, that I can physically get to. Watch Rude Boy, even though it has a story woven into it. And it's like uh-huh. this weird-ass story. It's a much better document document of that time. Is it like a Beatles No, it's like not. You're, you're thinking, okay, no, like, you're, no, no, you're thinking. Okay, you know, first off. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking that this is like a Hard Day's Night yeah. with The Clash but yeah. it is not it's oh is it just like that great movie where um was it Tom Cruise was in the band uh Rock of Ages it is nothing like that yeah uh, okay and they kind of weave this story about him being like a roadie but in the middle of all of it it's kind of a document of the time 
of, of them coming up and playing and everything that was going on. So you see a lot of the race riots. You see, you know, the Rock Against Racism thing that they talk about. So is, is it kind of like that Green Day Broadway show, American Idiot? No. Where they kind of loosely take their songs? No, no, no. no it's not even... It's... They more like the Beatles okay. across the universe no, 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 where no, they no, use their songs no, as no, storytelling? No, it's nothing like that. It's like this guy... It, uh, it's like this guy was trying to make a movie. It's weird because it's kind of like... It's like, a, this is the movie, here's the story, and then that's in the background. It's kind of in the background, but it's not because, like, they interview Joe. And there's parts where, like, they're in the recording studio and, it's, like, he's just there. Like, this guy's just there. And then they try to make it... I'm going to spoil the ending for you because it's not like it's a, there's a big story in this movie. Uh-huh. But he ends up kind of being a roadie for the Clash. And then the Clash just leave him in the hotel room. <laughs> And, like, they just kind of leave them. Like, the music is all throughout the movie. That's funny. Like, it's just... It's, and it's kind of... I have to watch it again. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. That's, it's just it's the Clash. A lot of it's the Clash playing live at that, that Rock Against Racism that they talk about. It would kind of be, like, kind of like another state of mind. Probably closer to the decline of Western civilization. I just want to simply end. If you have not seen pictures of the Clash performing or singing they are the most stylized badasses yeah they look always so good like the jackets joe strummer with those leather jackets and just his attitude like stage performance best band i'm not a huge fan of trump as you know what what when you know when he got elected i was really excited i'm like oh there might be good punk again but now I'm no because Joe's not here. Joe's the one who did it. Like Joe's the only one I feel like he doesn't really. You know, I haven't really thought about Trump and like the punk music or musically. You know yeah. I mean? Like, is there any anti? You know what? I feel in. I feel bad because I'm way out of touch with music. I like what's going but on I now. Am, but we're also not with it anymore. Uh, I mean, we're not. We're not hip or with it anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm hip. I'm with it. Uh, I mean, it's no, because all the good punk bands are just. They're pretty much... All the bands I love growing up that were punk bands are just comfortable redoing their same songs. I, I've actually... Everybody is like, oh, well, it's not the same. Well, no, it's not the same because they know how to play their fucking instruments at this point. <laughs> yeah, like to me, it's like, I still love those songs. When we I saw will, Iggy. Still, yeah, I'll still watch when them. When we saw Iggy, Iggy sounded great. Um, he was amazing. You know amazing. what I mean? Anytime I've got to go see older punk band, when we saw Fear, Fear sounded good. Fear was fantastic. I mean, it would have been cool to see them in that era, like in their fucking prime. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But I don't mind seeing them polished. Yeah. Um, I'll be, I'm okay with them being polished. Yeah, but like as for new songs, I don't see them doing it. Like the moment where I was like, I checked out of like new punk bands doing songs is when Offsprings did that last album in like 2002. 12. 12? Now they're actually coming out with a new one. They're, they're not even any... The one with Hammerhead in it. Oh, that's okay. So they've they've done albums since then. Yeah, and I haven't. That's where I checked out. That's where I'm. Um, Hammerhead's had a bad song though. It's a great song, but it's the only song that I like in the entire album. And also, that song is so fast they can't play it live. It's very hit or miss with the Offspring now. Yeah, but the ones that are not punk songs are bad. You know what? Because all the new Here's punk the- songs are, I hate them because they're so goddamn poppy. Like I don't need them to be. I feel like everything that. Is new for punk. And I'm sure that's what just... the fucking older punks say about the shit that we listen to, though. Eh, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Think about it. Think about all the little shit that, that, that there is and what they how they were just fucking Well, are you insane. thinking we feel old right Yeah. Now? Listen to The Clash. Watch the documentary. All right. So next week, we're going to watch Joe Dante's The Burbs, starring Tom Hanks. Joe Dante. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, starring Tom Hanks. And Rick Dukeman. Uh, uh, Carrie Fisher's in it, too, for a bit. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. 
Jimmy, what do you think this movie's about? The birds, I want to say it has to do with birds. Birds. Do you think I'm saying birds? Okay, so not birds. <laughs> Burbs. Like, oh, like the suburbs. suburbs? Yes. Uh, okay, so we're just going to see a bunch of neighbors fucking kill each other? Mm, neighbors. Oh, okay. Well, Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. I mean... Like 80s Tom Hanks. Oh, it's early 90s, but still like early 90s, 80s Tom Hanks. There's nothing Tom Hanks that I hate. I love everything that he does. Awesome. Well, I hope you love this one too. And we'll find out next week. Sweet!